This is the Best Boys Podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Hello, Monica. Hello, Jessica. How are you today? I'm doing lovely. How are you? I'm also doing lovely. Wonderful. You. Is your belly full of sandwich? It actually is very full of sandwich. Jessica brought over these sam- sandwiches from, uh, what's the place? Giada. Giuseppe's. Giata. Giata. Yes. Giata. <laughs> They were delicious. If you're in the LA area, Giada, incredible sandwiches. So good. So good. Way better than Buca de Beppo. <laughs> if that's the bar. <laughs> way better than Olive Garden. Better, way better. Way better than Maria's Italian Kitchen. <laughs> Significantly. Maria's used to slap when we were kids, though. It only slapped because we didn't know what was going on. That's fair. It's like Chuck E. Cheese slapped because we didn't know what was going on. Like the pizza. I would argue that Chuck E. Cheese still still slaps. I completely disagree. That rat casino, I can't. The the pizza is greasy and tastes like cardboard. I stand by that. I more meant like like Chuck E. Cheese's like an establishment was good. Oh yeah, definitely. The establishment was amazing. I fucking love Chuck E. Cheese. I think that like, do they have a Chuck E. Cheese? Like, is Chuck E. Cheese still around? Charles Entertainment Cheese? Is he still? Is he still hitting it? Yeah. Charles Entertainment Cheese. That's his full name. I know, but it's really funny. When it you is say it. so funny, Charles Entertainment from the Cheese. Entertainment Family. Charles Cheese. Charles Entertainment Cheese. Yeah. I used to be so scared of those like animatronic Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, they're and fucking terrifying. The dog was, oh, was just like my. God, wasn't there like a girl duck yeah, or something? Or she was something with feathers. In like a tutu. Yeah. I don't know. She freaked me out the most because of her lashes. They would like move with her eyeballs. I hated them. <laughs> and they would do like a show, like an animatronic show. Yeah. Like in how in the Goofy movie, when they go to that like- The possum. The like possum, <laughs> like the possum playhouse or like the ground or something. And those are all like those animatronic oh, yeah. like possums, um, which is so funny because I just read a, an article about marsupials and possums were in there. Um, it, that is so weird. I know. That's really weird. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they're, they, they just play dead. They're not I very, know, man. they're not vicious. They look vicious, but at the end of the no, day. With their little teeth. Yeah. Also I follow several possums on, on social media. Their lifespan is only like three years. I know, which makes it so sad. I follow so many who have died. They like. Shout out Sesame, <laughs> Poppy. You guys were real ones. Little possums out there. Stay strong. <laughs> Stay strong. <laughs> they like, they are born. They have a life. They mate, they have a child, and then they die. Like yeah. that's their whole fucking lifespan. What are the, what is the lifespan of a raccoon? A raccoon? I think they can live forever. Aaron, can you Google the lifespan of a raccoon? I feel like raccoons are because I would really like one of those. I would bet like ten years, two to three years. What? That's fuck. That's not right. God, justice for rodents. Just, uh, what? Wait, how? What's the lifespan of a rat? Oh, it's only like two to three years. <gasps> so Ratatouille was only like like Remy, he the did. rat. He he's dead. Remy is dead in like the universe of rats. He's yeah, and dead we turned now. him into this mug. Actually, that wow. I mean, it is a great <laughs> mug. It is, but it really just looks like a mouse. Like it, it just looks like does. A, it doesn't necessarily look like Remy, but like I'll give it to them. I rate it on like a scale of one to five as like a good representation. On a of scale of Remy. one to Remy, on yeah. in terms of representation of Remy, I would say it's like a two. I would agree with you. Yeah, I would yeah. absolutely agree with you. But it's that thing that Disney does where they take 
them and turn them into like even more cartoonish. I know, which I don't understand that I don't get, but I'm kind of on the hunt to own like every piece piece of Ratatouille Ratatouille merchandise, which Jessica knows, but I've contributed. Yeah. Jessica's contributed to it. So I have a t-shirt from Jessica. I have like a little rat timer, the ears that I got you with ears, which those are my pride and joy. I think the battery stopped working, but who cares? They're from Etsy. They're amazing. And when you light them up, you can see Remy through <laughs> the, hat. the hat. It's, it's so good. Li- they, they are literally some of the best, like one of the best pieces of memorabilia I own. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. Um, and anyway, all this to say, if mm-hmm. you happen to spot anyone out there, if you happen to, happen to spot a piece of Ratatouille merch that I don't own yet, send me the link. Since we're all so familiar with Monica's Send me the link. Collection. Do you know what I mean? So when we have our compound someday, there will be a room of just yeah. Ratatouille merch. Yeah. In the way that like people collect like Betty Boop stuff right. or like Cabbage Patch Kids or whatever, uh, like Furbies, Beanie Babies. I saw a documentary. They're having a moment. Uh, they are having a moment, but the moment is essentially just means that they are worth nothing. That's very true. So, All right, so sorry to everyone who saved all those Beanie Babies, aka my mom. <gasps> Wait, your mom has a ton of them? She used to. Oh. We didn't like, she saved them in the sense where we were just like, yeah, these could be worth something someday, but we weren't like fanatic like the documentary is oh. about, you know? We I didn't like it, try to collect them. I think the documentary is called Beanie Mania. Yeah. <laughs> what Beanie a title. Mania. HBO, I see you. It's also how I feel about Beanie Feldstein. I agree. Wait, <laughs> mm, I don't know. She's kind of lost it for me. I think oh. after the whole funny girl thing, I just got so sad for her that I'm now just wanting her to like be in something to, well, to yeah. ramp her back up, you know? Well, yeah, I feel bad for her, but I also love her. I know. I love that, her. That was what I meant. It's just me feeling bad for her is like t- somehow tainting my view of her. Which is sad. It is sad. It's sad. But you know what it tainted more is everyone's view of Leah Michelle, which already sucked. And well, now it sucks more. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that no one really, <laughs> no one likes the girl who's saying, let's have a kiki let's have a kiki you want to have a kiki let's have a kiki lock the door say mother <laughs> i simply cannot our version is better than glee i agree <laughs> no no arguments no arguments no substitutions i um but what i was saying earlier yes. like significantly earlier i think uh was I, if you have Ratatouille merch, send it to me. That's literally it. Or send us the link. Send us the link. So we can buy it. Yeah, I'd like to buy it. Yeah. And we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now back to the show. Well, anyway, now that we're done with Rat Corner. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and this don't, was Rat don't apologize. Corner. Um, as you guys know, this is the month of Brendan Fraser. Which he's having a moment right now, especially yeah. with all of the awards, yes. uh, award shows going around. Yes, be, yes. It is awards season, as yes, they yes, say. It mm-hmm. um, it's about to be February. For br- we all know yeah. what happens in February or March. One of those, in, in one of those months, the Oscars happen. Correct. The Academy Awards. Yeah, Oscar yeah, yeah. Meyer himself will come down from heaven. <laughs> 
and grant everyone the weenie whistle. Do you think it's likely for him to win Best Actor? I think it's likely. Do I care? Not really. I don't care either, but I think he deserves it. I think he deserves it. This is, okay. I haven't even seen it. I was about to say, this is coming from us who have not seen this movie and also know that it is like 50-50 on the scale of is it good, is it bad? Okay, but the thing is, is I've heard the performances are incredible despite the fact that it is rife with controversy. Yeah. But I'm really looking forward to seeing, because I don't know. I like things that make me challenge my viewpoints. I agree. And yeah. Yeah. I'm really hoping that it will, um, it will surprise me, frankly. Yeah. I, same. My favorite movie that I saw as, you know, I think that, that that's an Oscar contender, mm-hmm. probably everything everywhere all at once. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it was probably, it was easily the most imaginative of the bunch. I, I hard agree. Most original. Although like everyone's having a multiverse moment now, which I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what that's about. I, I don't either. It is. I think like, think back to a period of time where they like made the, basically the same movie mm-hmm. one after another. Yeah. I feel like we're in that right now and I don't, I don't appreciate it. Me neither. But, you know, we'll get out of it. It is what it There's is. There's a lot of really good movies coming out this year. It's true. So I'm excited. I will say when Oscar Mayer comes down from heaven mm-hmm. and grants Brendan Fraser the weenie whistle, you heard it here first. Yeah. I'm just saying. Also, just a friendly reminder that almost two years ago, we did say that uh, Brendan Fraser. The Renaissance was going to happen. Was going to happen. And like it did. So It did. Come to us for all of your fortune telling. Yeah. You're welcome. In regards to specifically Brendan Fraser's <laughs> career. Today, we are talking about um, our second Brendan movie, yes. which is a movie that Monica, neither Monica nor I had seen. Um, and I, I'm kind of surprised I had never heard of it, to be quite honest, because it was like really well reviewed. All of the actors, except for Brendan, got nominations. Um, the screenplay yes. won Best Screenplay yeah. based on it's it's a weird screenplay it's an award they don't have anymore it's like best screenplay based upon a previous work written or something well i think now the category is best adapted screenplay yes but they phrased it way differently back then (laughs) they did a lot of things way differently back then so this movie is should should i introduce it monica go ahead tell them about the movie go ahead this movie is gods and monsters it came out in 1988 written and directed by bill condon based on the novel father frankenstein by christopher Bram, or maybe it's Brahm. I don't know. And just so you know, Bill Condon, the writer and director, he won the Oscar this year for the equivalent of Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, And this was also the same year that Saving Private Ryan came out and Shakespeare in Love came out. This was a big year at the Oscars. Oh, you know what? Shakespeare in Love, that was a good motherfucking movie. Yeah, yeah, dude. So this this was a really big Oscars year. These are the Oscars that I look back at. I'm like, that's the Hollywood I want to be a part of. That's the Oscars. And the best boy grip for this movie is Michael Goldman. And the best boy electric is Andrew Smith. Shout out to the best boys. Shout out to you guys. You guys really come through. Yes. And I'm going to tell you about the movie. So set in 1957, James Whale, played by Sir Ian McKellen, who is the director of Showboat, The Invisible Man, Frankenstein, and The Bride of Frankenstein, he had long since stepped back from the glamour and glitz of Hollywood. A stroke triggers once-buried flashes of memory of his life in Dudley, his movie career, and most influentially, the trenches during World War I. Haunted and lonely, he recounts many of his experiences to his muscle-bound gardener, who wrote this, Clay Boone, played by Brendan Fraser. Despite the divide that exists between them, their friendship develops, reliant 
comment on his sternly disapproving housemaid Hannah, the flamboyant director whose time has passed, sees himself slipping away, unable to stop the decline, and indulges his fantasies by coaxing Boone to model for him. This is, it's a weird movie. Not gonna lie, it's a weird movie. The tone is weird. It seems tones like- Tones, plural. Tones are weird. <laughs> First of all, it's supposed to be set in the 1950s. It's not. It's hella 90s. It's, there was like very little devotion to the time period, I feel. Basically, <laughs> uh, Clay, who is the character that Brendan Fraser plays, mm-hmm. his truck is a 1950s, like old rusty truck. Right. And it basically stops there. Yeah. Like the bar that he frequents, the watering, his local watering hole, very nice. Like yeah. just very. Honestly, very generic bar. It looked, okay, you know what it looked like? How in the 90s, there was like the the swing renaissance. Mm-hmm. It looked like that. It just looked like the swing renaissance was happening yeah. in this movie. Because there was like some costuming and some hairstyles and stuff like that. But kind there wasn't of. really, there wasn't a lot. No, there was very little to, I mean, I literally thought that this was just the 90s. Like I was like, oh, this happened, this, this fool, this all happened in the 90s, nice. No, wrong, <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. Um, and I was like, wow, that guy must have lived forever for him to still be around in the 90s. Nor the whole point of the movie is he did not live Yeah, forever. and yeah, spoiler alert, he dies at he the does. end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian McKellen drowns himself. Ian McKellen commits, uh, commits suicide and he leaves a note and it's essentially, the it's easily like the saddest most tragic part of the movie Mm -hmm. and it's thankfully the near end yeah there's like a there's like what i like to call a second ending yeah uh in this movie which we'll get to but brendan in this movie i think plays a very specific like eye candy character that (sighs) is very very popular in a lot of these in a lot of these like I don't want to say stereotypes, but like there, there are a lot of movies where there's an older person, Mm -hmm. man or woman or anyone um, who ends up like deciding that they're going to be like this horny old person and, and like has enough money at this age to then hire help. Mm -hmm. So people to come and, and either clean their house or, or, um, uh, clean their pool, the famous pool boy, Mm -hmm. um, a gardener, et cetera. Like someone to come to their home where they, they are in the privacy of their own home Mm -hmm. to like essentially prey upon these people, whether they know that they're going to do this or not. Right. So that, that stereotype or like that plot is super present in this film. Mm -hmm. And it kind of starts from the beginning where Ian McKellen's character is in essentially like invites over a journalist of some kind to come and do a piece on him and decides to like play strip, like essentially strip questionnaire with him. Yeah, like 20 questions, but with stripping. Uh, And immediately you can tell that this guy is like slightly up for it, slightly uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. that's really like that feeling of slightly into it, slightly uncomfortable is mm-hmm. what like carries throughout the rest of the yeah, movie. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's, it's a really interesting, um, I think the dynamics in this movie are really, really interesting because yes, I think Ian McKellen is his character is like slightly predatory, but it's, it, you can tell that it's coming from him because he's like, I'm at my last bit essentially he's having so many strokes so frequently yeah that he doesn't even go to the hospital for it anymore he just medicates at home and um 
you can tell that he's doing it because he's like, I'm on my last leg and like, he's lonely. I don't know what to do and I'm lonely and I need someone to listen to me. So you do get an element of like sympathy there. I think coming from yourself as a viewer, even though you're like, you're kind of gross, but you also see him being kind of gross and you're like, what are you actually going to do? Yeah. I, I guess it's, it's so weird to watch it from, from, like this perspective right. of being like in this moment in time mm-hmm. because I'm looking at this movie and I'm seeing like he, so throughout the movie, he has these like hallucinations, mm-hmm. um, which are to be very frank, they're not done very well. No. Um, and they all have like different tone or like they all do very weird stylized things. And then other ones are just like, is that a hallucination or is that actually happening? Right. It's very odd. And it's probably easily my least favorite thing about the movies. They, they don't stick to one one stylized version of his hallucinations. They yeah, decided to do many. Because if they did, I think they would be really effective. I agree. And there are a few hallucinations where he hallucinates like a naked man or many naked men in his pool. Right. And he's like smiling and being all like weird <laughs> and like kind of predatory. And at the end of the day, his, his hallucinations aren't real. So like we as as the audience member are like, okay, well, these aren't real. I guess it feels slightly better. It's when he starts to like, prey upon Brendan Fraser's mm. character that it makes it a little bit more real. It does. And it just makes it slightly more uncomfortable, especially now. I almost want, yeah. I want to have seen it when it came out. Right. And maybe that would have made me feel differently about it. Yeah. But as of now, everything reads extremely like weird and predatory. I I agree with that. I think I the reason I don't mind it is because for me, I do really see it as like a plot device. Yeah. Because his whole point, like his whole point in being so predatory towards Brendan is because he's like, I want to piss someone off so badly that they just end this pain for me. Like I want to anger him so much that he kills kills me me. so that I don't have to kill myself. And then I get very sad for him. And I'm like, yeah, you fucked up. You should not have done that. Because what he does is he like... Brendan starts modeling for him and Brendan takes his clothes off and he's like, well, you wanted to, you know, draw me naked so you can draw me naked. And then uh, Ian starts touching him. Yeah. And yeah. And then Brendan pushes him off and then he punches him. And Ian's like, I just, he's like, I just want you to kill me. Just fucking kill me. And it's really sad because you're like, shit. Yeah. And it's funny because in the beginning of the movie, um, he he doesn't hallucinate this but he like essentially imagines him committing suicide like Mm -hmm. killing himself with his pills yeah and he it's he almost finds it like to be a funny thought as if this thought crosses his mind like at least three times a day yeah where he like thinks about his maid i think her name is hannah Hannah. like finding him and he's like "Ha, ha 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 how funny would that be but then you start to think about like the actual ramifications of that and he probably thought to himself like huh that would not be cool to like leave my maid, my body to exactly. find. And so he's trying to figure out a better way to go, go out into the, into the light. Into ether. Without being a burden to his housemate who yeah. ends up being like his wife. Yes. Like, because they spend so much fucking time together. There yeah. are these like beautiful scenes of them, like talking to each other. And like, even though they bicker most of the time, mm-hmm. There's a there's one scene in particular where they're like watching television together. They're watching one of his movies and she's like, this movie is not for me, but you know, it's nice. <laughs> and she's German. <laughs> I can't do a German accent, but like, I, I think it's really sweet that they have this relationship and like, it's very morbid 
for him to be thinking this way, but it's it's almost kind of sweet that he doesn't want her hurt. Like he doesn't want his dead body to like be her problem. Yeah, totally. So I, in a, in a way, like it makes me a little bit more sympathetic towards his character. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he wants Brendan's character to to kill him so badly because mm-hmm. he wants to die. Um. And it's it's very it's very heartbreaking when it happens. Um, and it's even more heartbreaking when Brendan, like Brendan's character comes back yeah. to find him gone Dead, essentially. Yeah. yeah. It's because, really yeah. tough because even after the advances, Brendan Fraser's character is like, well, I still feel sorry for this old man Yeah, and I still have probably a lot to learn from him and it would be great to still be his friend. Well, cause he sat and listened to all of his stories and uh, like the character's name is James Whale, Jimmy Whale. Jimmy um, and he Jimmy the director told Brendan all of these war stories or just stories about his childhood etc so I think Brendan's character does understand like how much hurt and how much pain like this man holds and everything that he's gone through and like how hard it must be to have been a gay man during this time yeah um and to go through a war like that and to see someone that he was connected with die in the war and yeah so i think it it ends on like a very human note i feel despite a lot of like the the showiness of the movie um it ends on something very very real yeah it's really sad that like second ending i know where it's like he brent it's far into the future yeah and brendan freezer's character clay is showing his son like one of jimmy's movies yeah i think it's bright of frankenstein could just be the first one (laughs) um and he's like i know that guy like i knew him Mm -hmm. (laughs) r.i.p like i knew that guy and his son's like nah you didn't (laughs) and he's like i did and he shows him the picture and he's like to clayton my friend yeah and i'm like that's so fucking sad it is also like how incredible for clay at this this 90s slash 50s time period Mm -hmm. for him to have so much compassion and like patience that even though he knew he was a gay man he still very much wanted to be his friend yeah and thought he was the most interesting person that he had met thus far because he moved moved to la from god knows where far away but i don't know there's something about how how curious and honest Brendan Fraser's face is mm-hmm. that really adds to an otherwise kind of empty character because Clayton shows up and he's kind of just like, he's an ex-Marine. You kind of want to already put him in a box. It is what it is. He's very like hyper-masculine. He's mm-hmm. like, I drive a truck. I have my, I got my shirt on. I go to the bar. I like, I have sex with this woman and that's my life. Like, mm-hmm. and he lives in a weird trailer. Like that's, he's very like rugged that right. way. But there's like this level of sweetness that Brendan Fraser's face adds to this character that I think only he could provide. Cause if they got like a Ryan Gosling type or I don't know, like literally any other leading man of the Mm nineties, you wouldn't be able to get that, like that sweetness. Yeah. I think what's interesting about Brendan's character and his performance is that he is supposed to be this kind of like gentle giant, but someone who isn't like highly educated, someone who isn't, isn't familiar with like people from different walks of life necessarily, but he's also supposed to be like way more masculine, like stereotypically masculine than I think Brendan gets to do in a lot of his movies other than like the mummy. 
Uh, the mummy. <laughs> because what is more hyper-masculine than the mummy? Which if you, we have talked about the mummy. If mm-hmm. you want to listen to it, go to our old uh, Brendan Fraser episodes. Yeah. Um, we talk about the mummy, the mummy extensively. Yes, my fear of Egypt. And Jessica's fear of Egypt, my love of Rachel Vice. It can go on and on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so he doesn't usually get to play these like hyper-masculine roles. And also visually, like he's very, he's a lot beefier than usual in this movie. He is. And like, he's got this like weird mullet haircut and he's like dirty and has cigarettes hanging out of his mouth. Like it's a Brendan Fraser that I don't think a lot of us see very often. And like, granted this was made in the nineties, but I had never heard of it. So chances are a lot of people haven't seen him in this role. And what's interesting is despite being this like beefy, hyper-masculine man. He is like relatively soft-spoken, but I also really love what Brendan does with his voice in this movie. He drops things very low and his voice is just like buttery. And he, and and his laugh is like, ha 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 ha. (laughs) Like he, he, there's something there. It's so good. And what I love is like, this character has nothing in common Mm -hmm. with Jimmy Whale like nothing in common. Clay and Jimmy have literally nothing in common, but there's something about the way that they open up to each other that like lets them have this like weird closeness Yeah, that I think is so, it's not really seen in like male friendships on screen. No. And it's just so beautiful. There, One is young, one is old, one is gay, one is straight. One is one is like uh, really creative. The other is a, like, you know, not as creative. There's a lot of mm-hmm. manual labor. He's a gardener. Like they, they are so opposite of each other but somehow like by a stroke of fate he happened to be hired by him to Mm -hmm. do his gardening and they decided to strike up this weird friendship yeah and it actually works like looking at it brendan fraser's character doesn't talk very much like it when he does like we we lean in to listen Mm because his voice voice is so buttery smooth but also like he's there to listen Mm -hmm. and Ian McKellen's character is there to talk mm-hmm. nonsense most of the time, but nonetheless, there's a listener and a talker. Yeah, and it's really symbiotic and fun, and I I like that a lot. Yeah, totally. And I also think he gives like a very theatrical performance because Definitely. this movie is calls for that. I think the script was written very intentionally in that way. Like the dialogue feels like dialogue between two people on a stage, not between two people like in conversation in real life. Oh, definitely. And watching Brendan do theatrical dialogue like that, it gave me, this is such a specific thing. So I hope you understand what I mean by this, but like it really gave me vibes of like when you're a freshman in high school watching the best like male scene you're doing a show and you're like he's so fucking good (laughs) and you just like worship him even though he's like a little mysterious but you know he's like the most talented one there who's actually going to do something those are the vibes that I get watching this movie I get like the best actor in high school vibes and I don't know it felt nice (laughs) and I don't know if Brendan has ever done like a stage I think production. he has. I think I I think that was part of his bio on the last episode. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. That he has done some stage work. And honestly, it's it's gorgeous. He's a very he's a very present actor. Mm-hmm. And it's so there's just something about him and it's very strange because I I don't love using like the phrase the it factor mm-hmm. because I think it's really fucking stupid. Yeah, I would agree. But with there's that. no other phrase really that comes to mind at this current moment that can describe it. But he has that like that sparkle, mm-hmm. like that it factor. 
that doesn't necessarily lend itself to like worldwide fame. Yeah. Like it would for like a K-pop star or whatever. Sure. Like you've got it, kid. Like he has something that, you know, he's a storyteller. And yeah. I think a lot of that is in his face. Yes. A lot of that is in his voice. But some of that is just him and his personality that tends to shine through each one of his characters. He's yeah. just such a sweet guy. Yeah. And he's able to like find common ground with a lot of folks mm-hmm. and he's able to show compassion and kindness and it's it it really does lend to his characters and and gives a lot to his characters and yeah. i think even when he's an action star it's so easy for you to be like i'm rooting for you because mm-hmm. you're not a dick like you're actually nice and it shows yeah there's like an inherent tenderness to him yeah there's a he nurturing can't shake just even if he wanted to so definitely definitely like you couldn't put him in like <laughs> I don't know, like he would not shine in like Fast and the Furious. No, he you just can't wouldn't. like make him a villain or anything like that. Like it just doesn't work no. I, in my opinion. Though if Brendan Fraser was in a movie where he played like a hardcore villain, I would absolutely go see it. I would go see it. I'm intrigued. So so it has come to our attention that he was supposed to be the villain in the canceled uh, Bad, Bad Girl movie, movie which <laughs> wrong demographic. Yeah, <laughs> we're not the ones who are going to go. I would have seen it. Movie. I'll see anything Brendan's in. I, I, which is why we're going to see the whale. Yeah, even though we're like, I'm, a little, I'm a fr- kind of afraid to I'm see scared. it, but I'm very scared. I, I kind of want to watch it at home. Is that an option? No, I would definitely. I would much prefer to watch it at home. Like, yeah. I would much prefer to watch it at home, just because, like, a, it would not be playing in large format, so there would not be those recliner seats. And right. fun fact, I have a lot of weird social anxiety about people being too close to me. Mm. I wonder why. I wonder why. Um, and uh, it, and so a lot of like theater seats, I'll have to like take take a little some some before I go in there. Um, or I, if it's a movie theater, I will actively choose not to sit in like regular seats where you can yeah. like touch someone's elbow. Yeah, you That's need like, to be in those big recliners. I have like bad dreams about touching people's elbows. <sighs> I would hate to be in your nightmares. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just, you, I don't want to rub. touching my own elbow? I don't want to rub their wrinkly elbows. We've skin. rubbed elbows. Oh, definitely. But like, I mean strangers. I know what you mean. I'm yeah. just fucking with you. So I want those big recliners and it's definitely not playing in large format because of Avatar The Way of Warrior. God. So what am I left with? Nothing. Home. Nothing. Well, watch it at home. You'll hear all of our opinions on the whale after we watch it. Um, the final week of this month. Yeah, I don't know what movie is next, but I don't either. I don't remember. We wrote it down. We wrote it down somewhere. We'll figure it out. It's after Gods and Monsters. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll be right back. Now back to the show. But <laughs> that that's pretty much that was pretty much that's Gods it. and Monsters. Yeah, honestly, you guys, I would. 50-50 on whether or not you should watch it. 50-50. I think I would, it's fine. It's a quick watch. It's only quick hour watch. 40. Yeah, it's it's basically a tight 90 if yeah. you don't... Like, they should have... They could have cut some stuff. For sure. I'm for not sure. even going to lie here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it definitely it definitely didn't have enough to fill out, like, an hour and 45 minutes. No, no. But they figured it out. Yeah, and there are there is this... And I think maybe it might be available on YouTube because it looks so fun, but... There is this one scene that I do think the movie is worth watching for of Brendan Fraser in like a hallucination <laughs> yeah. as like Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. And he's like, oh God, it's so, it's so hard to describe because it's so good. The lighting is great. He looks very creepy. He looks so fun. It's like style. It's very highly stylized in that like old, like yeah. when the movie came out and he's in that like weird lab coat mm-hmm. and 
all of the like there's so many like zoom ins to his face and it's so <laughs> fucking funny and the music is so kooky and he's like making Ian McKellen's like he's connecting his brain or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. fucking know. That doesn't matter as much. But if you want to see Brendan Fraser as Dr. Frankenstein, yeah. Go watch that clip. Yeah, totally. Look up Brendan Fraser Frankenstein. I mean, you'll find it. I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> but it's it's so worth it. It's worth every I think it's like a 30 second clip max. Yeah, it's worth it. It's great. <laughs> we I love that movie. I love it. Well, you guys, that was our second branded film. Yeah. Um, keep tuning in to hear the rest. Yeah. Also, um, you know, we post when we post. Yeah. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. We, we make uh, our own rules. We make our own rules. AKA we don't get to control our schedules. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a small disclaimer, and I know that we say this like every once in a while. Yeah. But we are we are very busy people. Yeah. Uh, one of us is literally in grad school yeah. as we speak. As we speak. Uh so be patient. Yeah. One day none of that will matter <laughs> because we'll be famous and rich. Exactly. That day's not today. Not today. Today we are not famous nor rich. So um enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy what we have to offer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monica, you're the best. You're the best, Jessica. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye. Bye.